Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we begin in the last book of the five books of Moses and then this book is called the Sefer Devarim or otherwise known as the book of Deuteronomy and uh, this book is different from the other four books in the sense that the first four books were a from God to Moses and it was written in third person but the book of Deuteronomy or the book of Devarim as we know it is written in first person and it's written by Moses himself so what's the difference between uh, the first four books and the, and, the, and the last book of the, of the Torah here we see that although Moses was the author of this book it, it was from his words in reality Moses was an extension of God he didn't see himself as something separate from Hashem he saw himself as, uh, as an extension of God so whatever his words were put in this book in reality his mouth was God's mouth so the, the, the book of Devarim is a 37 day a long, fair, long, long farewell address from Moses to the Jewish people. His, uh, the Jewish people at this moment in history are ready to enter the land of Israel. God asked Moses to fight one last battle for them and then he has to return to his people, which means that he had to return his soul to his maker. And um, so at this point, uh, Moses is already knows he's going to pass away and he's not going to enter the land of Israel with the Jewish people. And at this moment, he decides to write this book, uh, although it's from God, that uh, giving the Jewish people instructions for what they should be doing when they come into the land. He rebukes them, he reminds them of every boo-boo they did in the 40 years in the desert. Um, he also uh, makes like a, a review of the last 40 years. And so this is a very special book and, and it's, um, it's really, it's like a repetition of the other four books. So we know here that the, the book of the Barim is also known as Mishneh Torah, the repetition of the Torah, as it can be seen written mostly in the first person in contrast with the other four books of the Torah which are written in third person. So an example would be like in the, in the first four books, it would say God spoke to Moses. In the book of Devarim, we would see that it's, it would say, at that time God said to me. So we see that he's talking in first, in first person. So the interesting thing to note is that Devarim belongs also to what we know as the written Torah. It's also part of the five books of the Torah, meaning that not only the content, but also the words and letters are considered to be of divine origin. Although... Moses is the author of this book, we know that everything that contains that book is really from divine origin. Our sages teach us that because Moses had been able to nullify himself completely, he had no ego, he didn't have a self, he didn't uh, see himself as, as an entity, uh, the divine presence spoke from his throat. So everything he said, everything he did really came from God. And Moses' own words are also called God's words. So this explains that the book of, of Deuteronomy acts as a bridge between the written Torah and the oral Torah. The oral Torah was also transmitted to Moses at Mount Sinai in conjunction with the, with the, with the written Torah. 
and um, and there has been many discrepancies in Jewish thinkers if this oral Torah is real or it's not real like uh, Orthodox Judaism believes a hundred percent in the oral Torah it's one of the tenets of, of faith according to Maimonides we have to believe that this is also the words of God uh, but sadly many Jews uh, it's hard for them to believe that this is something that was given by God and they just go with the written Torah so let's understand what's the difference between the two the the written Torah is uh, is a text that is it's it tells you as it is like it tells you you shall keep the Shabbat for me for example the seventh day you shall rest but it doesn't explain to you what rest means how you have to rest what you can do what you cannot do like you cannot cook you cannot turn on a fire these things are not in the written Torah these things are in the oral Torah so the way in which Jewish people learn how to keep the mitzvot really is through the oral Torah the oral Torah is the one that tells us how to do it so so we see that the oral Torah was transmitted transmitted orally and it has been an unbroken chain from God to Moses and then Moses transmitted it to the elders and the elders transmitted it to the fathers and the fathers to their sons and from teacher to student and this has been an unbroken chain since Mount Sinai in which this oral tradition has been given um, generation after generation and it's what has kept the Jewish people alive so in reality we can see a Jew keeping Shabbat 200 years ago is the same Shabbat that a Jew keeps today even though we have modern electricity and we have modern things going on but at the end of the day it's the same Allah it's the same law it doesn't change it never changes it's always the same so so we see that uh, after the destruction of the second temple in the in the year 70 of the common era the Jewish people went into exile they were exiled by the Roman Empire and because of this the, the rabbis of the time decided to write down the oral Torah to make it into um, a written text uh, we have you know the Gemara we have the Talmud the, the Mishnah all that is part of the oral Torah and this is um, the, 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 the sages decided to put it into writing so this uh, this uh, tradition would not be uh, forgotten or or I don't know because the Jewish people were exiled each it, the Jews ended up living in different parts of the world and it's a miracle that we see that Jews today after more than 2,000 years of the destruction of the of our temples that the Jewish people maintain themselves today the same as they used to do 2,000 years ago and it's a miracle and it's because of the oral Torah it has not allowed us to forget our Torah so in other words we have two dimensions of the Torah we have a dimension in which both the content and the packaging are bestowed from above they come from God and a dimension in which the divine wisdom and will is packaged in our words so then comes the book of Devarim and these two dimensions converge and a human being known as Moses attains a level of union with the divine wisdom and, and will in which his words are one and the same with the words of God. So there's a dimension in which it's all the written Torah, it's a dimension in which it's a... Um, it's a book, it's four books that are the 
from God to Moses and from Moses to the people. And then we have another dimension, which is that the same Torah is put in human words, which is the book of Devarim. And this book of Devarim is the one that brings into existence the, 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 the union between the written Torah and the oral Torah. Because although it is his words, in reality, it's the words of Hashem through him. He is just a, a channel of God. So we see here that it is precisely from the book of Devarim that the entire oral Torah flows. Moses' complete abnegation of his ego not only allowed him to identify with the divine wisdom, it, it, it connected him completely to Hashem, it made him an, an extension of God, but it also empowered our own less lofty souls to possess a spark of the soul of Moshe. So the sages teach us that every Jew has a spark of Moshe inside of him. And this is what allows us to be able to, to nullify ourselves into the service of God. This is what gives the strength of a Jew to say, you know what, I would love to eat that ham and cheese sandwich, but in reality, I can't. God doesn't want me to eat that. And this is where we get that strength from. It comes from a spark of the, of the, of the neshama of Moshe. So this allows us to create our, of our own words vessels for God's divine wisdom, although in a lesser level than Moses. So we're not in the level of Moses. It says that from Moses to Moses, there has never been anybody like Moses. But it, it gives us a certain a strength of soul to be able to maintain ourselves Jewish and to be able to keep the Torah and keep the mitzvahs regarding uh, the situation in which we are, in the place we live. You know, you see people that live in places that are very hard to keep kosher, very hard to keep Shabbat, but nevertheless, they do it, they keep it, they, they, they do it. And, um, and it's that, that spark of Moses inside of them that allows it to be that way. So the ancient philosophers referred to the human being as a speaker, like the speaker, and this is what keeps us apart from the rest of creation, what keeps the human being separate from all, all other creation, animals, vegetables, minerals, is that the human beings can speak. We can speak. Like you can have a parrot, he'll repeat everything you say, but that's not speaking. He doesn't have a, a thought process and then will tell you what he's feeling or what he's thinking. Only a human being has the capacity to speak and to share what he thinks and what he feels. Only a, a, a human being can do that. And to, let's be honest, we love to talk. People love to talk. We, it's interesting. If you are going to blow, there's a certain amount of limit of breath that you have to be able to blow. Like when you're blowing balloons, you get tired. Like if you're blowing 20 balloons, by the 20th balloon, you're almost out of breath. But if you're gonna talk, like it's, it's infinite. There's, you never get tired of talking. You can talk for three hours and you're okay. You can keep talking and talking and talking. You're not gonna be out of breath. So it says here that researchers have come to the conclusion that a person will talk approximately 860 million words in a lifetime of a person that lives up to 80 years. That's a lot of words, it's a lot of words. And we have to see what these words mean. Like God gave us, gave us speech, but he gave us speech for a reason. He didn't just give it to us just because. And there's holy speech and there's non-holy speech. Like a person can 
use his mouth to say the most horrendous things to other people and to curse and to say bad words and to do la shonara and to use their mouth in a very low way or a person can decide to use their mouth to elevate the world, to always praise people, to always say kind things, to learn Torah and share uh, a Torah thought with other people, to always be saying thank you God with his mouth or God willing, always putting God in their mouth and this is a person that's going to elevate their speech. So. So why do we have an insatiable need to be always speaking? And it says, the, the Hasidic masters teach us, there is nothing that the human being wants more than to be like God. To play God. We want to play God. So you know, God created the world through speech. He said, let, let there be light, and there was light. And he said, let the waters gather and the land be revealed. And then the oceans and the rivers and the lakes formed. And then you could see uh, land. But man looks at God's creation and feels there's something lacking. So we speak and speak and speak. And we're always judging. I don't understand why there's wars. I don't understand how God could make so much suffering in this world. I cannot understand how there can be a tsunami in a certain place. We're always trying to play God, and we categorize, we judge, we complain about God's world in an effort to give it, it meaning and purpose. It's a need that we have. So Hashem is infinite and omnipotent, and we are finite and error-prone. Like, God can never go wrong. He knows exactly what He's doing. He doesn't make mistakes. If there's an earthquake somewhere, He didn't make a mistake, believe me. There's a purpose for that. But we, as human beings, we do have um, the capacity to err. We, we, we're, we're error-prone, and we're not infinite beings, and we don't see the whole picture, and we don't understand Hashem's world. So Hashem brings the world into being at every instant. He's recreating the world at every instant through His speech through the 10 attributes and he's always verbalizing everything. If, if your watch is in your wrist, it's because Hashem is saying, watch, 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 watch. The moment he stops saying watch, then it's lost. So every, he, he recreates the world at every instant with his mouth. That's what he's doing. He's recreating, he's creating. He's a creative uh, process, his speech. But human beings have the choice to choose their speech for creating or destroying. That's, that's the difference. We're, we can destroy a whole world in one minute with a bad, a bad, uh, saying something nasty about somebody and we can destroy a whole world for that person. So Hashem gave us speech so we can be his partners in creation, but he also gives us free will to choose to use this tool properly. It's a tool. It's a tool and it's our, our choice if we use it for good or we use it for evil. So God desired a free independent partner. He wanted us to be free. He doesn't want us to be angels. He doesn't want us to be his servants. He wants us to be his partners who, cho who choose to be a partner with Hashem. So God gave us one more gift and this is the Torah. He gave us the, 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 the ability to speak, but He gave us the Torah. And this is another gift He gave us. And the Torah contains His will and His wisdom. 
he gave to us what he wants and what he and how he he, he operates his wisdom so we could verbalize it and live by it this is the reason we have the torah and so god gave us simple human beings a mind and a mouth a mandate to share to shape his world and most importantly he gave us the ability to participate in the formulation of the torah the blueprint of creation so we're partners in in the creation that's why Hashem didn't finish the world. It was an incomplete world when He created it because He wanted us to finish it for Him. And that's why the world is so imperfect because it is our job as human beings to do tikkun olam, to perfect the world. That's what He left for us. This is what He gave us. He gave us a world with everything we need, but at the same time, we have to keep it up, we have to clean it, we have to take care of it, we have to plant, we have to put seeds, we have to be kind, we have to fix everything that needs to be fixed. So the first person to ever receive the mandate was Moses, who fulfilled it to perfection. His contribution to the world, world became the, world, the, the, the book of Devarim. This is his autobiography. This is his contribution to the world in which he was able to put into human words the divine wisdom of Hashem. So the book of Devarim as it is, it's, it's the same Torah, it's, it's, it's a repetition of the other four books in a certain way or mostly by the, the Exodus and the, the last three books, but at the end of the day it is in human terms. It is God's wisdom in a way trickled down to human lexicon so we can come to understand it better and, uh, and allow us to spread the Torah to the world. This is the whole purpose. This week we will be um, fasting on the Tisha B'Av, the, the saddest day of, of the Jewish people. It's our morning day, it's, it's, it's a very sad day and uh, we're mourning the destruction of our two temples and yearning for the, for the coming of Mashiach. In the day in which the whole world will be restored to what it, it needs to be in the whole intent of God when he created the world but it has to come through us it has to come through our efforts through our words through our, our mitzvahs through our actions and, uh, and yes they're heavy because what you think is what you say and what you say is what you do so I wish you a blessed week May we, sh may we see the day in which everything will be light and we should be, feel good that we had something to do with it. It's, 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 it's a good feeling that we as human beings have that power. So remember, live a little higher. Thank you.